Hey, Jace, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. You ready to 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 have a, one more episode of this conversation series that's t- supposed yes, to be over? Indeed. I know. So yeah, we we promised a certain amount. We're just going to keep going until, yeah. until the world is sick of us. But this is because the world has reached out and asked us questions based on our podcast. So we're having a Q and A session. Q and A. Q and A. Bonk. And uh, we have lots of questions. We have so many questions that there's no way we're going to get through all of these questions. Both of us are staring Absolutely at a list not. that's like. I'm going to guess there's like 50 or 60, 70, 80, 80, 100, 200 questions on here. <laughs> a whole bunch of them. There's, yeah, there's a real lot, which is cool. Some are going to answer it quick. Some will be waffly. Uh, so let's get into it. What do you reckon? Yeah, let's jump right into it. Uh, do you want to pick the first question or you want me to pick it? Uh, uh, oh, well, we'll just start at the top of the list here. So uh, here we go. What would your advice be to someone who has not done improv for a long time and is nervous slash unsure about how to get back into performing? That's from Michelle. That's a, that's a good question. I mean, you've just went through this, right? You you just kind of came back to improv. But. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah. I did have a, a little time off. Uh, you would have noticed from the uh, conversations that we had, and um, and uh, I don't think I was super nervous. But I was probably a little unsure and feeling a bit disconnected with with where I was uh, improv wise. But um, I just uh, just kind of practice, get yourself back up to speed. So if you can go to a few rehearsals, uh, get in touch with the people you're rehearsing. Oh, you're going to be performing with as well, uh, even if you're not part of that troupe. So if you can uh, bomb into a couple of, uh, of uh, you know, re- workshops or rehearsals or things like that, just kind of get back in touch with it again. And also kind of have faith in yourself that the skills haven't gone anywhere. They're just a little rusty or need a bit of dusting off. So uh, and there's nothing like the pressure cooker of the stage to to clear out that kind of um, that kind of uh, cobwebs as well, you know. Um, if you're unsure, then, you know, you get on stage and receive a few offers, give a few offers, maybe get a laugh, maybe land a awe, and, uh, and you're back up and running again. So it, it doesn't go away too far. Yeah, I pretty much agree. And I, I would just say there's the only other thing I would add is if you're – if you're like feeling really rusty or whatever, then maybe take a class somewhere, like find like a improv class oh, yeah. that you can sign up for and just go in for like a drop in or a, a, like a, a, a class and just email the school that in your area and just tell them that you used to do a lot of improv. It's been a long time. You just want to try and jump back into it because uh, I've had that happen a few times here in my school. And normally yep. I like I get people into the highest level they feel comfortable with and they've never disappointed me. And in fact, yeah. people always come in being all like, oh, it's been a while. And then they start improvising and I'm like, well, you know, it hasn't. You're fine. You're too, like, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? You're in the show. You're in the shows now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, yeah, I think it's just, just kind of do really give yourself an opportunity. If there's a night uh, or something like that, just sign up for a 20 minute spot and grab a team together and, and just blow those cobwebs out, I reckon. Yeah. Great. Nice. Uh, all right, first question done. How's that? That was good. That was good. Wow, look at that. I reckon we could get through all that. No, <laughs> We're going to get through all two hundred of these. Uh, I want to. I want to jump around here a little in our list because I, yeah, yeah. I think there's there's two questions that are essentially the same question uh, from two people, Nick and Nicole. Oh, Nick and oh, yes. Nick and Nicole. Nick, Nicky, Nick, Nicole. Nick and Nick. Um, but the the two questions. I'll read them both, but they're the same thing. How do you judge a scene's length and pick up good end beats? Or, how do you all know when a scene is done? Is there a secret signal? 
Uh, so how how do you know when a scene is over and how do you judge the length of a scene? Uh, I think this is something that there, there's no right answer to it. There's no like scenes are always this long and end mm-hmm. beats always feel like this. Uh, there's no there's no clear clear answer to it. Uh, to me, I think uh, uh, there's lots of ways to see a beat coming where where you're noticing that something is wrapping up some idea is coming to a conclusion or some joke is about to hit its punchline or some uh some some uh, initiative action is about to be left hanging on like a cliffhanger moment that's like a perfect beat uh and uh so i think i think there's lots of ways to look for it and uh of course, I, I think if you put your sort of audience hat on when you're wa- like in the scene and you kind of watch it with that perspective, you'll know when the scene's over. Because if you were watching yeah. a scene, you'd be like, "Okay, this is this is should be over soon." Uh, so I think those are like the, the quick tips for it. Uh, you got anything to add to that? Uh, how do you know when a scene's yeah, over? Yeah, I reckon. Uh, I mean, the, there's the idea that. Uh, you introduce or we introduce things into the story and once they're taken care of there's there's nothing there's nothing else to introduce so if you find yourself kind of at the end of some uh, a story or towards the end of the story and and you need to introduce something to continue the story happening then the story's over um you're starting another beat so so kind of uh feeling that thing that that urge to go well, we could end it here, or we could keep it going by introducing something else. That's an end beat. That's something that you <laughs> yeah. can wrap it, wrap it up with. So um, you, you don't have to, you know. And 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 chances are, uh, uh, newer improvisers often panic in that moment. Of rather than sinking into the end, they will start introducing new stuff. <laughs> five minutes before the end of the show and then everyone's like fuck how are we going to take care of all this stuff <laughs> yeah. you know so, they, like, um, so if you ever feel yourself saying okay quick i need to introduce something new because this is almost over no yeah. no it's almost over let it's, it uh, it's over, <laughs> let, it <be> over. <laughs> let it be over five minutes early rather than trying to take care of the new thing that you've just introduced into the story to make the story last the entire time yeah exactly. um so yeah i think that's i always tell newer improvisers that Finding because uh, you know it's one of the first questions you get when you're introducing uh, newer players to to improv is like how do I know when it's done and it's just like well you you kind of don't you just have to pick the moment it's done and commit to that it's like driving down a freeway that goes forever you could just stay on that freeway and ignore exit after exit after exit and just keep going if you wanted to but at some point. You've got to pick an exit and get off. And I think that's with improv. You just got to pick that point and go, all right, well, this is it. We're going to commit to this. This is where we get off. Yeah. And I, th- I think you, you said, said it though, like of, of um, like one thing, one other thing I teach about finding endings and end beats is uh, if you have a clear objective, like the character has a want or an objective, they know what they're trying to do uh, or the characters know what they're trying to do in the scene when they get that objective, that's 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 your that's your end beat right there like that that's yeah. that's a super clear end beat like oh finally a sandwich uh and and uh that's not the only end beat but that's a clear one to look for uh, and then also yeah. the other one I, I like to think is if if the whole audience laughs at the exact same time you probably just hit a really good end beat because yeah. they recognized the coming together of everything and the like mm. the 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 uh, reincorporation or whatever clever thing we were doing and they saw that and they like oh that's amazing get out that's it this is the best it's going to get get yeah. off stage come back yeah. later yeah yeah leave, yeah leave him wanting more <laughs> yeah great cool i think yeah is there a secret signal uh, i've seen a 
uh, a third eye grow out of Dave Morris's head at certain times, like just glow and wink, and that's a uh, that's my secret signal too. Yeah, <laughs> I have seen I, uh, wink. I have seen some shows that shout the word "new scene" anytime there's supposed to be a new scene, uh, which. Right. Isn't so secret of a signal. It's actually a pretty like blatant, obvious <laughs> signal. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No secret signals. No secret signals. No, nah, there's none. Uh, I think. Uh, and again, like any type of secret signal or trying to cheat via putting codes into your improv is going to take you out of the scene more than it's going to bring you into the scene. I mean, the story and the scenes and the other improvisers are the things that are going to tell you when it's over, when it's coming to a close. If you're worried about trying to go, oh, we're at this signpost or that signpost now, which we talked about in formats and stuff like that, then you're going to be so far out of the scene that you're probably going to miss the legitimate organic endings because you're trying to hit your your signposts or your secret signals. So you want to steer away from that and just just try to get it through the kind of osmosis of of the other players, the audience, uh, where you are in the story, all of that sort of stuff coming together. Yeah, and I guess now that that we've talked about it, there is a little more I want to say about (laughs) about endings because I think (laughs) endings are are crucial uh, because otherwise we'd never stop. But like, so I've been playing Lego a lot lately, especially in quarantine with Milo, my three-year-old, not just with me, but my three-year-old and I play Lego and we're like building this huge story that is now into what I consider like the third age of this story. Like characters have died and other characters have replaced them and we've built new things that have replaced Like, it's like, there's like relics of the old stories, but like we can keep going (laughs) in this direction forever. And it's the same with the scene. If it should be over, but it's not over, okay, well, now you have to take it in a new direction. Like, missing endings is harder to deal with because now you have to reignite a whole story again. Uh, Or get quickly to the next ending, and it feels like this weird double-ending Lord of the Rings thing. Yeah, this little little hustle, you know, to to little kind of shuffle. The double-ending shuffle. Uh, Yeah, and uh, so, so, um, uh, so, yeah, you could keep going forever. So I think, like in the context of the whole show is another way of looking at it where it's like if if there's a whole bunch of people waiting to come on stage and you're in a scene don't stay in that scene for 30 minutes and just like make them all wait like you need to you need to share this why do we have all these people here if it's just going to be you so so you need to find endings a little sooner than you might than you could just because you want to get more things on stage yeah yeah cool agreed all right, what question you want to do next? Do you have one in mind? Uh, see there. Uh, oh, this is a nice little, uh, a simple one. H- how do I prepare for a show from Steve? From Steve, how do I prepare for a show? Where's that? Yeah, Where's that? I don't that? know, Steve. How do you prepare for yeah. a show? Uh, or is that, I'm assume he's asking us. Uh, uh, look, I uh, I think we talked about this a little bit. There's. Uh, uh, it depends on who I'm working with here in in uh, Melbourne or around the the place. Everyone has different routines. Some companies like to warm up for an hour, hour and a half before the show, go through a rigorous kind of uh, set kind of warm up and and things like that. Uh, and others just like you all to get together, have a chat, have a drink, um, kind of check in and uh, and see where you're at. Um, and then uh, just kind of connect a little bit before you walk up onto the stage. Um, I, as I grow older, uh, I guess maybe it's a um, maybe it's a, a, a stamina thing, but I, I prefer more chilled out um, uh, warm ups. I kind of have it all of a lot all along. I think the ones that take an hour or so to do and get you fully energized and you're up and buzzing uh, and things like that uh, before the show. 
can kind of pull that energy from the show sometimes uh you 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 get buzzing before the show you get really well connected with with everyone so i kind of like to save my batteries a little bit now so i've got the energy in the show but that just might be an aging improviser talking about aging things um some people really like to get that jazzed up before the show um, I prepare for a show by one knowing what the form is I'm doing and understanding uh, the kind of where I have to be on stage as I enter the building. Um, uh, I want to try to connect with everyone um, before the show, whether it's uh, de- depending on who I'm performing with. Uh, it might be the hour long uh, warm up before the show. It might be just a, a sit sit back. So I kind of like to prepare myself for what I'm walking into. And then really try to get the most out of that before a show. Um, but mainly it's checking in with myself um, and and giving myself something that I want to bring to the show this time. Um, so if it's a show I've played a lot, I might challenge myself to do something I haven't done a lot. If it's a show I haven't done for a while, I might challenge myself to you know play right down the line and really try to support the structure and stay really present and support uh, other people. So sometimes I give myself a goal in terms of other improvisers, the format, things like that. But I like to walk into the building with with a purpose as well. Um, and so I can uh, navigate my way through the different ways that people like to connect and, and warm up uh, and still bring a, a strong kind of presence to the stage, if that make, doesn't make sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. No. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I mean, I warm up for shows. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this in that one episode. Uh, yeah. But um, similarly, like it depends on the show. I, I have lots of different, like, and I've been through different phases of my life where so I used to like sweeping the stage before a show. Like I'd go out and sweep, mm-hmm. be the one who sweeps it. So I know it's clean. And also like, ah, uh, the stage and me, you know, like starting up, <laughs> yeah. like all that. Uh, I don't do that anymore. Now I get someone else to sweep, but, um, <laughs> but just like, yeah, I, lots of things. But I think the, the key with this question, of course, is how do I prepare for a show? The fact that you're asking that question is excellent. And yeah. you prepare for the show. However, you want to prepare for the show. And, uh, if you're, cause if you're not asking yourself, how do I prepare for a show? And instead you're like, how do I get on stage? It's like, okay, yeah. this is, this is not going to, you're not going to be taking care of yourself and the other people on stage to make a good show. Instead, you're focusing on, on, on other, other things. So I think, yeah, for doing something to get yourself into the right place, uh, is, is, uh, is important. So whatever that works, whatever works for you, whatever makes you feel good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Here's a good question. Here's a here's an interesting question uh, mm-hmm. from this is from our self-professed number one fan, self-proclaimed. This is from our self-proclaimed. S- this is from our self-proclaimed number one fan, Tony A. Uh, a Tony. Uh, he Tony says a number one. Fan. He had a couple questions he sent, but here's the one I like: is how do you get grounded when you're playing with a bunch of people you're not familiar with? So when oh, you really when question. you walk into like a jam show or I guess a brand new class or a brand new something, uh, how do you get yourself grounded? Do you want to you want to take a swing at that first? Or? Uh, yeah, I mean it's a it's a really good question because sometimes you feel really on tilt in those situations. So for me, on tilt is just a little off. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you're feeling where you fit in, uh, you know, you might be like a duck kind of pedaling a little bit harder under the water, but on the surface you kind of be like, oh, hey, everyone, nice to see you all. And But you're trying to kind of get the dynamics of the room, where you fit in, how how the energy and the, the levels and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think that's a 
That's a really interesting question because I I guess kind of back yourself a little bit. Um, you know, you you you'll fit in. You'll find a place to fit in. Um, and so just kind of offer and be generous in the way that you play. So um, you're not kind of on your heels, really. I guess being open is is the best answer to that yeah, question. That's being a great, open to great answer. Yeah. The, the the room to the dynamics to uh rather than kind of sitting back on your heels a little bit and just trying to figure it out um you can always analyze it later but if you're trying to figure it in the moment then again you're not really super present so i guess just be as open as you can trust in your own skills and abilities even if they're they're new to you um and uh, and just trying to fit into the dynamic rather than figure out the dynamic that's great. That's that's fantastic answer. I have uh, uh, the only thing I would add to that answer because I, I agree hundred percent. Being open and trying to like go, uh, not 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 on your heels about it. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, is uh, to introduce yourself to the people before the show and actually yeah. like try to get to know people a little bit. Like just uh, say, yeah. "Hey, nice to meet you." And uh, you know, where are you from? Oh, that's so cool. Uh, one thing I I tend to do in in these kind of jam shows as part of warm up. Is I just uh, I interrupt and be like, hey, why don't we uh, just everyone just go around and say what kind of improv you like to do, and yeah. get people describe like, oh, you know, I like kind of slow stuff, or I like that, just so you at least get to know what people's uh, like sort of vibes are and perspectives are, so that when you're on yeah. stage, you're not thrown off by like a sudden hilarious, ridiculous character. You're like, oh wait, no, he likes to do that. No, he said that, um, so that it yeah. just kind of gives you a little bit more uh, being a little more um, connected to the people, I guess. Yeah, but but opening opening up is the the best way to handle that. Yeah, I think so, and just kind of backing yourself. Everyone's there for the same reason, um, so you know, you, you, I, I think it's easier to join the energy than it is to try to figure out where to fit in, like a skipping rope. You know, it's like, <laughs> where do I where do I jump into this and kind of get that rocking backwards and forwards going? And, and no one wants to see someone rocking backwards and forwards in a room no. by themselves. <laughs> but I've been in shows like that where I where I feel like there's no no place for me in this show. Like it's just going, and it's just like mm-hmm. it's flying so fast and everyone's being so quick or whatever and i'm just like i don't see an entrance into the show and i've just sort of stood back and then maybe yep. been in like a scene or two uh maybe just in the background or something i remember doing an yep. entire uh herald that a 30 person herald and some wow. people just didn't go on stage like they just were backstage the whole time like ready yeah but never found an opening and then they're totally cool with it they're like yeah no, no there's no opening that's fine and i was like that's pretty crazy yeah, I um, yeah, I'm 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 the same. Like, if there's if if it becomes, uh, I've been in gems where it becomes a bit of a kind of you know fight to get onto the stage rather than people kind of welcoming other people on stages. And and if it gets to that point, uh, you know, sometimes I'll sit back on my heels and and pick the right moment that it feels to come in rather than kind of hip and shoulder my way onto the stage. Uh, but generally, that doesn't happen all that often. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to mm-hmm. um happy to do that. Uh, just kind of sit back and see see what it needs. You know, if there's a lot of frenetic energy and people fighting to get on stage, it's not what it needs. Yeah. It's not what the show needs. The show needs uh, a little bit of calm at the very right moment for for that to happen. So I'll I'll bring that in whenever I can. I've got a really interesting one here that Ooh. caught my eye. Oh, Question from Nicole. Oh, please. Uh, it says, if you don't feel safe in a scene, how do you say no? Yeah, that's a that's a good one. And there's like a yeah. there's a there's a couple other questions that are on, along that similar line uh, 
here uh, all clustered together. But uh, let's uh, yep, start. Cool. Let's start with that one. Um, if you don't feel safe in a scene, how do you say no? I mean, I, I think part of me is is just say no, like yeah. to, to say no to it. If it's not, if you're not feeling safe, then it's not. Uh, it's not a good scene. So, so yeah. just the answer is no. You go, uh, no. Yeah, either from the character or the improviser's point of view. Like, if you get pointing to a compromising position, particularly in front of the audience, chances are the audience are going to feel that awkwardness and that uh, discomfort as well. Uh, so you saying no, either in character or or even at the most extreme uh, version of it, out of character, um, just say, no, th- this makes me feel uncomfortable, thanks very much. It might be an awkward moment in the show, but uh, if someone has, you know, brought up something, or um, or sometimes heaven forbid things go, you know, cross into bad kind of sexual territory or, or things yeah. like that, um, which you know we all try to make our companies and 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 um, uh, and people kind of understand not to go to these areas to start with. But sometimes, depend, you know, you might find yourself on stage with someone who uh, is is. Uh, happy to go there. Uh, the audience uh, will feel the discomfort, but they'll feel more comfort with you uh, calling it out, saying it no, either in character or out of character. Um, if uh, if you feel comfortable, you find yourself not being able to say no in the scene, then they, the process of feedback after the scene and after the show is super, super important. Um, so talking to the director, talking to the other improvisers, talking to the ensemble, um, letting them know how it made you feel uncomfortable and why, um, uh, if that needs to be explained. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the, the simplest way to say no is just to say no, particularly if you feel that uncomfortable. Chances are you'll be doing more than just yourself a favor by saying no. You'll relieve that tension in the audience, in the cast, that other thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even if it is like it completely destroys the scene for a moment where they're like, they, they call, uh, I mean, I'm going to, it's sexual is always one place that people go that they shouldn't, especially yes. in like, I think a trope almost is uh, women being told they're prostitutes in scenes. Uh, yeah. And when that happens, if you say, no, 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 you must, you're mistaken. I'm actually the uh, the queen of England, or I'm actually a yeah, bounty yeah. hunter, or I'm actually a much better offer. Uh, then the audience will go, oh, thank goodness she didn't go. And yeah. if afterwards the only feedback the player has is, hey, when I put you in that compromising position that made you feel really uncomfortable, you blocked my offer. Uh, and if that's what they say, uh, fuck them. Just fuck yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're wrong. They shouldn't. Um, they shouldn't. We shouldn't be making people feel uncomfortable. But particularly the first half of that question is what really resonates. If you don't feel safe in the scene, just say no. And I've. Uh, I'm a big guy. I've been picked up in scenes where I don't feel safe, and I'll just be like, "Put me down." Like it's. Mm-hmm. It's it it. Uh, it, it it makes everyone feel awkward and, and uh, not just you. It makes other players feel awkward, particularly the audience as well. So if you ever get to a point where you're compelled, like you don't feel safe and you want to say no, just say it. Figure out the ramifications of it afterwards. But I would say, yeah, if it you can do it in character, fantastic. If not, still do it, uh, yeah, I, I'd that's say. Great. That's, that's a great reason to break a scene is to, yeah. is to make sure you're safe. Uh, and yep. no audience will 
will turn on you. No other performers will be like, how dare you not let us yeah. take advantage of you on stage? It's like, yeah, yeah no, no, he, that's not, that's not how we treat each other. Yeah. Uh, and if there's an, we don't feel safe, then you, you stop. Well, there's another question along these lines uh, from Megs. Oh, my good friend Megs. Uh, what do you do when you sense the scene is going into a topically difficult or unpleasant direction? How do you mm -hmm. steer it away without shelving what's been established? So this is a similar question of like, uh, of you're, it's going somewhere where it shouldn't, except it's not necessarily about safety. It's just about the topic is going, uh, in the wrong direction. And you can sense that pretty soon Hitler's going to be on stage or something. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's how I'm reading this question or pretty soon yeah, we're yeah. going to be talking about yeah, race or, or gender in yeah. a way that is not going to not not going to end in any positive thing uh how yeah. do you steer it away without shelving what's been established do you want to have a run at it first uh sure i i think um the 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 only real thing i have answer i have to this is uh, other than just stopping the scene and regrouping mm -hmm. is to to make a stronger offer in another direction so yeah if you can sense we're getting into something that's like i don't want to go there then uh have your character uh melt or turn into a that's a bad example <laughs> melt. i'm melting oh no what's happening uh, because everyone has to follow up on that offer but but like take it uh, make a big strong offer in another direction there's a, a robbery a bank robber there's a, a volcanoes erupting in the distance uh um yeah. you've you've just uh found a letter in your pocket from your grandmother who's been dead for 10 years like like any big strong offer that that moves it away uh and it uh and it's so instead of shelving what's been established you're just sort of tilting what's been established into it so yeah. that, away from that that topic that you want to you want to stay away from and there are some forms i guess where uh, uh like <laughs> we i've done it <laughs> <laughs> did you say forms? <laughs> Sorry. I did say forms. <laughs> I just <laughs> joked a little. Well, that was a violent bubbly. Okay. <laughs> In the middle of the Did you joke because I said forms or you just joked? I just joked. I just joked. That was improv though. I I, I accepted what you were saying as a <laughs> Okay, I'm okay. I'm fine now in the middle of this incredibly serious question. Okay. Uh, you were saying there's some forms. <laughs> there are some forms like you and I have done a, a form that I do like a fat city or a Tarantino or something like that, where it may be fine if someone is being sexist, racist or something like that to actually call them out and have that conversation on stage in character from your character's point of view. If you get dumped into, you know, one of these roles or, or things like that, you need to be careful with that kind of thing. But, um, but you could, there are forms or, 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 or situations where the character could probably call out that, that other character's behavior as well. Hopefully it's coming from a character point of view and not an improviser point of view um uh it you know when it does come out so i guess steering clear of it is is uh a, a one way or offering around it is another way to do it uh but there are some you know long forms or or or, or genres or or things that kind of you can lean into that and and call it out a little bit um in, in the moment but you're kind of walking a dangerous uh line there but i think uh you know if if it could if it can be called out and if the character 
can if it's the character being racist and the character can learn from change, I think that that's different to the improviser uh, yeah. just making sexist and and um and or, or racist or you know awful kind of comments. And I think there is like a couple of of different perspectives here. So like uh, uh my perspective is like a a man who is like you know a director in a company. And someone starts to go into like a topic that I don't think they should be going in. I can call them out mm-hmm. and not be like worry about any yeah. anything. Uh, but I guess if you're a woman in a community, it might be a lot harder to call someone out on something on stage. Yes. So yeah. so I understand the the there's there's different approaches to it, and I think steering it away, just making big offers in the other direction, calling it out, just call it out, just call it mm-hmm. out, and let the audience see that that's what was called out, and the other person has to now defend it. Uh, yeah. or just be or apologize for it. And I think yeah. I think more often than not they'll will apologize as soon as they realize where they're going with it. Yeah, yeah. Because there 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 are yeah, there are sometimes where everyone sees where it's going. And if you just kind of stop for a second and go and look at each other like, oh shit, we know where this is going. Breathe, let's go in another direction. And the audience goes, yeah. Oh, thank goodness you didn't go. Like they yeah. they see it too. So like you can also just pivot and like you're out of it. Yeah. Uh, there's the, uh, so the, there's one more the in this question trifecta. There, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, will you go ahead, read is, it. Uh, how, how do you move through a suggestion you're uncomfortable with? Um, uh, I always uh, just be as polite as I can, try not to judge the suggestion too harshly and just say thank you so much for that let's uh is there something else like um <laughs> yeah. like i'll uh, you know oftentimes the audience are really good at chiding people who bring up shit suggestions and awful suggestions so sometimes you don't even have to mention it you just kind of move on to the next thing and and the audience amongst themselves will kind of go oh hmm <laughs> and you yeah. go thanks but basically the if there's a suggestion that comes up um at, and I'm uncomfortable with it, I'll just move on. Like I, I won't linger on it. I won't give it any more attention that it deserves. I'll just uh, uh I, I might make a quip or I might just say thank you and and move move on. Yeah, and I, I've done many different tactics to deal with uncomfortable bad suggestions. Like I, yeah. I, I used to do. Sometimes I would be more dramatic about it and be like, "Oh, so what was that? Sorry, can you say that again?" Wow, can yeah. I get you to stand up? Actually, everyone, give this person a round of applause. Wow, that thank you. Now you've had your moment. You can sit down. Anyone have a good suggestion? Uh, like, and yeah. I've sometimes humiliated people if they were. <laughs> I can tell they're doing it just to say something ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, to sort of teach the rest of the audience, like, don't shout those things out. Uh, yeah, I, I don't do that a- anymore. That was when I was a younger, cockier man. Um, now, <laughs> nowadays, mostly I use two different tactics. One is I will say. Something along the lines like you just said of um, anything else uh, and just yeah. like acknowledge that it was a weird suggestion and check in with the rest of the audience and everyone's usually thankful. And on yeah. the occasion when I've had someone that borders on like a heckler, like they're they're intentionally doing it to to say the wrong thing. I I will say something that uses the phrase like something along the lines of, um, great. Uh, we're going to try and raise our brows just a little bit more than that, yeah. uh, and then move on to the next one. So like a little like like don't 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 be that guy, uh, yeah. and move on through it. And uh, I think, but I think the if you're uncomfortable with the suggestion, or you think it it might go somewhere bad, the audience is also uncomfortable with that suggestion. So yes, so the, don't don't take it. Move on, and the audience will go. Oh, thank goodness. 
Indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 100%. I think you can acknowledge it a little bit. You can use it as a teaching moment, but I, I don't think we need to make it part of the show. We can just go, thanks. The audience will learn for it. Hopefully your audience is educated enough as it is. Um, but, you know, again, we I do a regular show here in Melbourne that happens in a, a bar or a pub, like a cabaret kind of thing, and uh, a good half to two-thirds of the audience are – Kind of just people, you know, random punters who come in, uh, for the, uh, for the gig every Friday night. And, um, and it has a, a fair, uh, amount of, um, uh, of returning audience as well. But it also is in, it's a Friday night, it's in the city and people just come to this bar. So you get a lot of people who, yeah, they've had a couple of drinks and stuff like that. And, uh, and all you need is just one person to yell out that inappropriate thing. Give them a little slap on the wrist and the rest of the time is, is okay. You know, for, for, you just have to educate your audience a little bit. Yeah. Keep them on side, but educate them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Perfect. Great. Uh, uh, any, uh, any other questions you see in here? Actually, yeah. I've got one that's oh, yeah, a bit on. of a, a, a turn right here in terms of, uh, what we're talking about. All right, hit me. Uh, have you ever experienced a life changing realization slash understanding slash insight <laughs> about the world slash yourself? Or slash others <laughs> during an improv scene that you didn't expect. That's from Dawn. Lots of slashes there. Oof, uh, yeah, life-changing realization, understanding insight about yourself, others, or the world while you're improvising. Oh man, I got to think for a second after being just like yeah. blown back by the depth of that question. I don't think in the moment I've 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 had them, but I've really appreciated the opportunity to play some of these characters and 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 afterwards uh really enjoyed having that unique experience through the narrative from someone else's point of view uh and so it's it's allowed me to empathize to things in ways that I hadn't really considered before um so you know playing a character in a certain show that that might be down and out or might be struggling with uh you know diff- different issues to myself um and and playing those through as honestly as I can has allowed me to empathize a little bit more post show um not necessarily in the moment on stage have I ever been like whoa this is you know opening my this mind this is or, blowing uh, my mind <laughs> it's just like have a, have a matrix moment of just like well, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think afterwards, uh, like in the debrief or thinking about it from a, a storyteller point of view, I, I think being able to empathize uh, with other people's situations, stories, point of view uh, has, uh, I, I think, made me a better storyteller, better person as well. But yeah, maybe not those moment, that one kind of life-changing moment. Um, but yeah, I think it's allowed me to change my life for the better because it allows me to empathize a lot more just by playing lots of different people. Yeah, I think that's a that's that's a, that's a great answer for that uh, question because yeah, I, I agree. I don't think there's any moment I can think of where like I noticed something about the universe that I didn't know already <laughs> going yeah. into a scene. But I think the empathy is is huge, and I think um, like uh, there's another question by the same person. This was a question from Dawn, and uh, she had another question: uh, Have you ever surprised yourself by the level of honesty you showed during an improv? Is there such a thing as too much honesty? Uh, and I have had that experience a lot where I've surprised myself with like, mm-hmm. like this, like the, the depth of emotion I get into playing a Smurf or something. I think I was a Smurf yeah. 
the first one I remember, the first moment I remember where I like started crying, like bawling as a character on stage, like tears, was a Smurf scene. Uh, and and I was a Smurf who was a Smurf, man. Like, this is the worst. <laughs> this is the worst existence of this little blue thing. And like, like coming to that really like, like emotional place and like connecting with this Smurf to such an extent that it actually emotionally moved me um, it, it, it happens to me more often than insights into the universe itself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I, think, I think it's a great thing about, improv- about improvising acting art is learning to empathize and and uh and find uh like what's that that famous quote that's been attributed to everybody uh there's no such thing as a, an evil troll there's just a sad troll cuz all trolls yeah. all trolls have their reasons right like and like learning to be the troll and understand like why is the troll feeling this way like how can <laughs> and like realizing like oh this poor troll ugly everyone's hated him his whole life he lives under a yeah. bridge like of course he's gonna try and hustle people who walk over it <laughs> like I'm writing a story at the moment uh, I, I've been given a grant by the government here during the COVID times uh, to do some writing and uh, I pitched a series of magical realism stories about Melbourne That's and right. uh, and one of the stories is about trolls two trolls who live under a bridge one a millennial troll that lives in the digital realm the other one's an old old school troll who just <laughs> That's funny. That's wants great. to make coffee and uh just wants to make coffee and 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 kind of uh you know uh troll people as they go over the bridge but no one's out using bridges anymore <laughs> the digital trolls they're all, doing great job. They're all emailing each other yeah oh that's funny <laughs> just on Facebook. Uh, but yeah cool <laughs> yeah i think i think it's the same i i i'm on it i'm often surprised by the amount of honesty that comes out during a show, but that's not just from me. It's enabled by the people I'm working with as well um, and the levels that we get to in between the, those characters because we can often shift from from lighter, funnier kind of patter into honesty very quickly if your scene partners allow it as well. Um, so not only am I surprised by the amount of honesty that I showed, but someone else showing honesty can just lead me down that path right away and the whole scene can blow open in a, a really honest way that I, I never thought um, possible, you know, from the starting point that we came in through or the the glib kind of suggestion that, that opens the scene, um, you know, we can work through the funniness of it, but uh, uh, sometimes I'm surprised by the honesty that other people are showing uh, in the scene and that, that becomes an invitation as well uh, to get down and, and, and go there. So uh, it works both ways, I think. Um, uh, you know, if you find your way in or you see yourself, you see the other people finding their way and then you can just fuel that fire as well um, and really, you know, uh, allow them to have that moment too. Mm, great. Great. Uh, the uh, second part of that question is there's such a thing as too much honesty, which is a really interesting I, uh, thing. I mean, I think, I mean, my, my instinct is to be like, no, of course not. But I think there is actually such a thing as yeah. too much honesty. And I think it, it uh, but it's more, it's a more personal decision to make. Like, because uh, bearing yourself that much on stage you can get to a point where it's now like you've you've excluded the audience and you're not including them in this truth yeah and you're crying about this this event that happened to you that only you understand and nobody else can understand and you're just telling them about it and you're instead of opening up and bringing them into it and so i think there is a place where if you're on stage as like um i mean i i, I often say Improv is therapeutic, but it is not therapy. 
Uh, and yeah. if you're on stage and you're taking the, this moment to use it as a, as therapy to get out too much truth about yourself, I think that is maybe too much because you're now doing a disservice to the audience and your teammates. And so I think yeah. uh, I, I don't think you should hold back things, but I think if you're if you're basically trying to trying to get things out so that you feel better, I think that might be too much honesty. What, yeah, what do you think? What do you, kind of, like, yeah, it's a kind of a realm between kind of staying in character and and in context versus kind of that kind of stand-up comedy kind of confession. You know, this mm-hmm. is like this is a, a thing between playing improv and, and doing stand-up. Like if you were doing a monologue at the start of a Herald or something like that, you, you, you may want to go here and start with that, but that's clear that it's you and your stuff telling your personal stories mm-hmm. um uh i guess if it if it's geared towards the character if it's revealing stuff about the character then it's the right kind of honesty if if it's if yeah if that shift happens in the audience and they start it pulls them out of the story and they start going is this about you then that that's the thing that that i i, I think crosses that line yeah um yeah so if we're revealing with honesty about the character and it's informing us about the character story context then that that's not too much honesty but if it if it blurs over to just the improviser's truth then then yeah maybe it is yeah and i think you're right context is, is huge here like if it's a personal yeah. monologue then like, there's no such thing as too much honesty if it's yeah. a scene with a bunch of other people and this whole story that's happening and you're like hold on I need to get my truth out. That might be a little too much. Yeah. Okay, before we do any other questions, I just got to say, I'm pretty sure people listening, like, if they're newer improvisers, they're loving this episode. But if they're more experienced improvisers, they're hating it. Because in their head, they're shouting <laughs> they're shouting their answers. They're like, no, you got to tell them this. Tell them that. Like, <laughs> if you have answers to these questions, you must be hating this episode. But if you don't. But if, <laughs> if you have answers to the question, just share them with us. Like, that's, uh, I'd, I'd like to hear them as well. Because uh, there's, I mean, there's one thing both you and I know is is that these are two people's opinions in a in a world full of improv opinions. Uh, they're not more right than any others, you know. If you feel uh, and strongly disagree, then that's absolutely fine. You know, I've, uh, I've one thing I despise is this whole I'm this school or that school or this idea and 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 that idea and that that's the thing that annoys me most <laughs> at yeah, the moment sure. is is people just going no it's got to be this way it's got to be that way it doesn't it, yeah. it it has to be the way that resonates with you um so if if we're saying something that you strongly disagree with great yeah <laughs> this is uh, this is just our, our thoughts on it and i bet if you asked us yeah. both in two weeks these same questions we'd have different answers that'll be different yeah <laughs> uh, anyway let's let's go into another question do you got one there you see? maybe that could be our next podcast for 12 months we just ask ourselves the same <laughs> questions and, and see, see how if- the answers change <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. That's a fun, uh, that'd be fun. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, do you see a question you got there? Otherwise, I have one here that I think is fascinating. Uh, uh, yeah, you go. You go. Cool. Uh, here we go. So this is from Jenna. Uh, oh, our good friend Jenna. You know Jenna from, from, uh, yep. from Red Deer. Uh, yes. Why are audiences and improvisers drawn to the format of running on as a team and get a suggestion and do some weird improv format? So uh, I think here she's describing that classic, um, maybe not theater sports uh, specific, but that like everybody runs out on stage all wearing colorful t-shirts and they, yeah. they say they introduce themselves a name, name at a time down the line and then they get a suggestion and then they do some weird format that they've come up with that's specific to their team. 
and using yeah. the word team specifically here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think uh, I I mean, there's a long history to this question, like an answer to this question that, that harkens back to theater sports. Uh, and John Stone's like start part of his reasoning uh, of of trying to make theater like professional wrestling, and so he yeah. was intentionally trying to make it teams competing in a sport like arena to get audiences acting like a sporting event for theater. So that was like part of his his goal for it, uh, and maybe that's all it is. Maybe it was just from there people saw that, and then they think that that's what it is, and then they start doing it, and then it kind of like kind of cycles yeah. that way, uh, and. Then there's the Chicago-style stuff where you are placed on a team, and that's kind of just the default setting for how to start a show. You come out, you make a line, you say your names, you get a suggestion, and then you launch kind of into it. Uh, it's it's just the, air quotes, accepted uh, uh, you know, opening. And when I say accepted, I guess the audience are comfortable with it as well yeah. um, uh, in the sense that they, that they know that you know if you do it this way, we're going to cut to the improvers. As soon as we can, hopefully, I have seen introductions go longer than the improv <laughs> in shows. <laughs> yeah, twenty minute intro and then five yeah. minutes in. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but why are they drawn to it? I think I think it is just a a like um, you see it, and so you think that that's what it is, and it's part of that yeah. like the the style of improvised theater, uh, the style of improv. Is, is yeah. becoming so much that the same as like jeans and t-shirts uh, and two chairs on stage. Like as, as part of this, like the aesthetic of what makes us see an improv show as an improv show, uh, which is something, I mean, personally, I've been trying to fight against most of my improv career, but, uh, but it, it is still part of the aesthetic. It's the same thing uh, poets with when it comes to slam poetry and like, like the yeah. three minute scene, like people on stage being really emotional and it's like that's like become part of the aesthetic and the the voice of, of yeah. like the slam poet who's always starting really loud and then getting really quiet like that whole aesthetic of slam yeah. uh is something that poets are always rallying against too uh but it's it's sort of like what you see is what you do and it kind of snowballs from there and i think that bo- both or, or in throughout all the schools of improv really one of the tenets is if you see a pattern break it you know, mm-hmm. change it, cut, cut across the bow of it. So just by asking that very question, Jenna, you, you can, you yourself go, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to have this, this lot down the line. And so things that you create can create a different rhythm, a different, uh, a different pace of things and stuff like that. So, uh, I, I know that Keith would be like, yeah, if, if you, uh, people are just relaxed into a pattern and you got to cut across that, you got to, yeah. um, you, you know, you got to break that pattern and, and, and form something new, break people out of their, their comfort zone and, and where they've, they've kind of built those crutches, kick those crutches out. So just by asking that question, you've acknowledged that. How do you change it? You know, uh, because it's up to us to ch- to change it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> otherwise, um, uh, otherwise, it's just going to keep happening. And you know, there are there are um, there are troops here that do that. Uh, and if I'm part of their show, I can't change it because it's their show. Uh, but things that I'm creating, I want to have a different start, a different energy, a different way in. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, change those patterns yourself as well. Uh, so other people who are stuck in it or just see it as as the norm can start seeing some alternatives mm, nice nice uh great you're up what do you see 
We got, we uh, probably got a time I for saw... a, a couple more of these, and then we might just do some rapid fire questions at the end. So yeah, we'll do some rapid fire. We can always uh, let's come back for a second Q and A episode. What we are, should what let's just we? keep going. You can't stop. There's us. so many. You can't stop. They're, us. And they're just going to keep getting <laughs> longer <laughs> if people keep sending them in. <laughs> uh, this one is from uh, a, a wonderful improviser who I'm sad I missed uh, by not being on tour this year, Tony Beeman, uh, or Tony uh, Tony from Seattle. Uh, so uh, what do you do in an improv rehearsal for like Samuel Beckett or a Tarantino show? Well, that feels oddly aimed at me. <laughs> <laughs> but you've done, you've done, you did Tarantino, right? You've done Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did Tarantino when we were in uh, yeah. Um So what do you do in an improv rehearsal for like a Samuel Beckett or Tarantino show? Uh, so, so a very clear genre kind very, of show, Yeah, I clear guess. genre, very specific genre, and very different, I guess, than, than tra- traditional improv genre. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can talk about those two specific shows if we, if we want. Yeah, go um, for it. So like our Samuel Beckett show, we, we focused on... Um, so the first thing we focus on is the, the, the physical world of Samuel Beckett and try and get into the body of it. So very like stiff movement and very specific movement. Um, so like after, well, there's also the, re- the research period first, but once you've done all that yes. in the rehearsal, yeah, so yeah. starting with the physical stuff and just like getting ourselves into the mind of like, of like, stop, turn your head, reflect, turn your head take two steps, stop, say your line as if it's been like really crisply written. So getting into this movement and right away when you start doing that, you feel absurd. Like you feel like you're in Samuel Beckett because everything is so you're like, this is a weird way to stand. Um, So doing, doing some of that stuff um, and other general theatrical movement stuff. Uh, And then, uh, and then the next thing was, this was where it got hard with Beckett. So Beckett specifically, because it's absurd, it almost is meant to seem like it doesn't make sense. Right. Like you want it to, to almost take weird turns suddenly. But then when you start doing that, now you're not improvising very well and you're not listening to each other. Yeah. Right? So so the challenge was always like, how do we listen to each other really well and still improvise well while doing this absurd theater? Because it kind of goes against everything our instincts as improvisers do. So uh, we would play these games like... Um, uh, one of the games we did was this, this three balls in the air game. So uh, there'd be three topics being juggled similar to a tarantino show really, yeah. but like three or, or david mm-hmm. mamet show three topics that we just keep jumping between uh but uh they would be completely different from each other and we would do sudden shifts to them so uh yeah so one person would like we, we'd start with one person leading so every, every every topic jason you would introduce and all i would do is as soon as you shift to it i would agree with you and start talking about that right away as if nothing happened uh, and right. trying to make those shifts on emotional peaks and, and like sudden emotional shifts. So go from a joyful moment to suddenly sad because you can't find the potatoes. Uh, and then I yeah. go with you into that conversation. And then we go back to where we were before. So we're kind of like splicing up a scene into parts and spreading it out instead of uh, uh, instead of doing what linear feels right. And that was the the place that we found it really starting to work and feeling absurd while still being good improv. So that was, that was how yeah. we sort of handled Beckett. I don't want to get into Tarantino cause that could be another hour of a show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like that was how we handled it. And it is kind of like a, a question that's very specific to the type of show, but it is always mm. trying to break down what, what you need to do to recreate or, or find that same feeling while still being true to improv. 
Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's like we spoke about in our former thing. It's not going, we need to hit this signpost, that signpost, uh, and, and just follow this path. You want to be able to follow any path that comes up, but still echo and stay true to the genre that you're in. So, yeah, it's it's always a, a real challenge, I think, particularly when you're rehearsing a, a genre-type show, a very specific genre show, is you want the tra- the tropes to resonate and you want the the genre to speak, but you also want to allow yourself the room to for the story to go anywhere. You're not just replaying X story with the values changed every time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and with, with Beckett, it's, it was a very weird show to, to do. And we've done it a couple times now, and it's always still really weird. Um, and, uh, yeah, but but uh, you should listen to the genre episode, which I believe was episode three yeah. of this podcast series, conversation series, and you'll get a, a bigger uh, description of what we do. Shred. <laughs> here's Here's a... Here's, here's two interesting questions that kind of go hand in hand. I'm just going to throw okay. them at you. Uh, one, how do you work a dud audience? That's from Aaron. How do you work a dud a uh-huh. dud audience? Which I think is like an audience that isn't really reacting. Isn't, yeah. Unless it's dude mispronounced. How do you work a dude audience? A dude like, audience. Dude. <laughs> uh, and then the other question was, what do you do when you have a bad show? So those are kind of both working hand in hand where there's like a negative presence <laughs> in the world and what, how do you do it? So, so let's start with the audience. How do you work a dud audience? Um, look, it's, it's one of those things that if it, for, for starters, I'm not super worried about the audience. <laughs> and so, um, uh, uh, the, my first question is if the audience is a dud, what am, what are we doing wrong to not make them lighten up, you know, to invest in, in, in what we're doing? So my, my, my first response is to make the work better on the stage uh, and not worry about the audience. Um, because if I'm worried about the audience, then I'm not on the stage with my, yeah. with my improvisers. I'm worried about how, you know, trying to get a laugh from the sour looking guy in the third row, you know. Um, I, 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 and so sometimes, you know, uh, and we've all had it. You've had shows that you feel like the audience is a bit of a dud. You walk out to the foyer afterwards and they're like, that show changed my life. It's amazing. And sometimes you walk out to the audience and everyone's already left and it just feels like a bit of a, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 something's gone yeah. wrong, you know. Um, but I, I guess I, I'm never trying to work the audience as such. Uh, if the audience aren't reacting, then I'm going to double down on my stagecraft, my connecting with my ensemble, the scene work. Um, and that comes back to that idea that, that really changed the way I, I improvised that I got, got from mm. Randy ages ago, which is my job isn't to hit the audience over the head and drag them like a caveman, you know, into the room. My job is to create, uh, an environment in which they want to invest in and, and become a part of. So my job is to create that, that three quarter circle and let the audience finish off that circle. And that might happen in the first five minutes. It might happen in the last five minutes. Um, when it happens doesn't matter as long as they leave feeling like they've invested into the show, then, um, then that's a success. Sometimes it's not going to happen, you know, and, and, and that's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally I'd say not. 97% of the time, even if they start and I start feeling worried about, you know, the audience's energy or how they're investing, by the end of the show, they're there. Uh, and I can't tell the moment that's happened, but 
the worst thing I can do is start trying to perform to win the audience over um, uh, because it's going to pull me out of the scene. I'm worried about the wrong thing. So I need to double down on the work that I'm doing on stage with my ensemble and connecting there and making that stronger so the audience wants to invest in us. Sometimes you're going to get a dud audience. You don't laugh, they'll leave, and and that's that. But, uh, but yeah, you can't control that. And if you're trying to, you, you're you're in kind of half stand up land, half yeah. improv I like land. That, that uh, if uh, if the audience is a dud, just be better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not quite, but yeah, that's, you uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just double down on what what yeah. you're doing. I mean, it's um, and you can energize them. You you know, you've got to um, some of show some of these shows have MCs and things yeah. like that, and and you know maybe your MC needs to work a little harder to engage the audience or or, or things like that. Uh, uh, some shows don't have any MCs at all, and you're kind of managing that audience. Uh, relationship throughout the show uh, but uh, I mean be just know that you're not going to win the audience by shouting at them more yeah I, I think mean? I think um, that's good I think uh, the only thing I would add to what you said because I think you said it very well is uh, one of the the um, the sort of rules I live by I guess with audiences is you want to meet them where they are and then take them yeah. somewhere so like if they're really low energy and it's like an afternoon matinee in an old folks home like don't don't go out there like hey everybody how's it going like like yeah, meet yeah. them where they are like hi how was it and slowly bring them up to where you can get them yeah you, you might not be able to get them to that level that you expect on a friday night show but you, you'll be able to raise them a bit from where they start so you got to meet them where they are and that's yeah. sort of about just being aware of the audience listening to the audience and seeing where they're at and yeah. saying meeting them in that place and then what do you do when you have a bad show Tony, uh, I go home and cry. <laughs> do you um, really? <laughs> I go home. I put on. I, I put on. Uh, don't don't be. Uh, yeah, I put on men, uh, men, uh, boys in the hood. Put on boys in the hood, and I just weep watching. This movie. <laughs> um, look, uh, if I have a bad show, for uh, it, it could be for many reasons, but normally it's it, it, it boils down to I was not connected or I was not feeling it on the night or you know maybe i'm uh, uh you know uh, having depression at the time or whatever you know uh and so i try to be fair on myself i try to give myself something to work on next time to take away from the show to say all right next time i'm going to do uh this in the show whether it's uh a change my attitude again walking into the room or or i might have identified something that 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 made the show um, not a great show for me. So maybe I wasn't listening properly or, or, um, maybe, uh, I, 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 you know, flubbed a few offers or, or, or something like that. So I need to work on my clarity or things like that. So generally I can bring the note back to myself or I've been given a note by, by the director or the ensemble. Uh, and all I can do really is try my best to approach the next show with that note on board, uh, and not, kind of punish myself until you know for the whole time between shows you know so you're gonna have bad shows we're making it up it's 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 what we do mm-hmm. um we are never gonna have great shows all the time there's gonna be ones where the show will be great but you will feel like you didn't have a great show you know the audience will leave happy the ensemble will be high-fiving after the show and you're kind of sitting there in a dressing room afterwards going oh man i missed that yeah. scene that scene this beat um so uh, and and I say this because I know how hard on myself I am when when I don't feel like I have a great show. Is I try to 
move on from being hard on myself. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and and just kind of take the note and go. All right, it's it's about the next time. It's not about the last time. Yeah, that's great. I think um, my my the, the a phrase that was said to me by an actor friend of mine was, uh, "No one show makes or breaks your career." Right. Like, yeah. no one bad show is going to destroy your whole improv lifestyle for having one bad show. If you have a series of bad shows, like 12 or 15 or 20 or 100 bad shows in a row, maybe you want to rethink whether improv is right for you if if it keeps happening. But if you have a bad show, uh, it's like, okay, you had a bad show. Do you you know why it was bad? Can you self-reflect a little and then let it go? You gotta let it go because the, 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 the yeah. there's no reason to, to hang on to that bad show as if it's the as if now you can no longer be a, an improviser because you had that bad show. It's like no, no, it happens. Yeah, and the particularly the worst thing you can do is bring it with you the next time you walk into the building. I mean, if you're lucky enough to be doing a, a, a season, you know that's probably the next night, uh, and so you've got to go through that process relatively quickly. Maybe you're in a week to week show. Um, you know, you don't want to hang on to that for the whole week. It's going to make you feel miserable about it for the whole week. So rather than hanging on to it, it's like, all right, uh, you know, process that, but focus yeah. on the positive thing you're going to take into the next time rather than the, the poor thing from the last yeah, Learn from it. Let it go. Otherwise, you'll drive yourself crazy. Yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, all right. Uh, do you have another big question here? Uh, we got so many good questions here that well, I think we should do one more yeah, of these big yeah, ones. Go. And then we can hit off some rapid fires. And and sure, save sure. some for our next Q and A episode because I guess we're gonna do another <laughs> one of these. What? Yeah, look, there's so many unticked questions. I know. Uh, why don't you uh, pick, pick one to, to end us with? Pick pick one of the big ones to finish us off. Uh, okay. All right. Oh, there's two that are similar here. So let's go with this, Steve T and Anna. So Steve uh, asks, do I always need to say yes mm-hmm. uh, is the one question. And the other question is, sometimes I see improvisers say no on stage or seem like they're blocking an offer. I thought we were always supposed to say yes and explain. Yeah. So these kind of fall in the same uh, territory. Um, uh, for me, it's a saying yes to the idea, the concept, the the um the heart of the scene. So the character, uh, what, you need an antagonist in in a scene um, uh, to, for a scene to work. You know, uh, for for a, a protagonist or a hero's journey to work, you need someone to say no to what they want to do. Um, you can't just have a princess go, "I'm going to be the queen," and that's the okay. end. Yes, yes, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the context again, context is key. The improviser needs to say yes to the idea, but saying yes may mean that your character is contrary, uh, is uh, it blocks the narrative, uh, shuts down ideas, uh, makes your protagonist feel uncertain, uh, brings a leg- level of antagonism on an interpersonal or an interpersonal level that makes your your protagonist go, I don't know if I can do this. Um, so you. There are characters who need to say no, otherwise the story won't won't yeah. uh, generate. So there's a difference between characters saying no uh, on the stage and and uh, for the sake of the story and the narrative uh, and uh, and a protagonist needing to go on that hero's journey to overcome and and an improviser saying no. So uh, generally, I think an improviser needs to agree and say yes to the context. The narrative, the style, the characters, the environment, kind of everything, the world that we're in uh, and wants to play to that. But you will see characters saying no. And I think there's a bit of a um, a bit of a difference, uh, a, a subtle difference, but a difference 
uh, in that. Yeah, and I think for me, it's always that the word yes and isn't the important part of the idea. Like like you're saying, it's it's yeah. it's about agreement and acceptance followed by some kind of addition or or uh, 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 more giving back, right? And that's what yeah. it's about. So it's like. Um, as long uh, as long as you're agreeing on the reality of the world and that that thing happened, you can and that you can add to that in any way that you want. So, like, if you yes. s- have a baby in your arms, as long as I don't say that's not a baby, it's a fork, and just destroy the reality, and I accept that it's a baby, but I hate babies, and no, I don't want to touch your baby. Okay, no, stop making me touch your your baby. I don't think it's cute. That's yeah. fine because I've accepted the the actual offer, which was that there is a baby, and that's what it's about. It's it's about accepting and agreeing on the reality of the world that everything does exist the way it does, and then adding to it. Uh, so so when you get yeah. start thinking of it that way, it's like you don't have to say yes. No. And it's the same with questions, like asking questions in improv scenes. It's always like frowned upon, like mm-hmm. don't ask questions, give answers, uh, which is wonderful, but. You can ask a question in a scene, and it can perfectly be a reasonable offer to make, and it works wonderfully. Yeah. But but it, so so it's not it, it's it's almost like a shorthand expression, like yes and, but you don't actually have to say yeah. yes and. But you you get the. I guess the answering asking questions thing is what you don't want to see is people asking questions that is informing them themselves on how they fit into the scene. Yeah, sure. You know, it's just like, yeah. they're the questions we want to try to avoid. Wait, wait, who, who, the, who uh, am I? The, question, who am I in? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty, pretty much. And you get questions like that disguised as a hundred million other things, but basically those are the questions we want to avoid. Questions in the scene are fine <laughs> if they're, again, coming from they're serving the narrative, they're serving the story, they're serving to challenge the protagonist or the antagonist um, or, or, yeah, or yeah. you know, or, or deepen our understanding of the character, but in terms of an improviser asking a question to find about context about where they they come in, they're the questions. Yeah, we're the, 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 be my asked. favorite example <laughs> is "What are you doing?" Uh, which is like if you walk into a scene yeah. and go, "What are you doing?" Because you don't know what they're doing. Yeah. This is a terrible scene. This is gonna be a bad scene. Yeah. But if you walk in like, "What are you doing?" Like you know what they're doing, but you're yeah. unhappy about it. That's a great question. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Perfect. Anyway, yeah. So, so it's not about the words, yes, and it's about the, the what those words actually mean. Uh, yeah. So, I guess yes. Do I always needs to say yes? Uh, <laughs> in terms of an improviser, you're agreeing to the reality. Yes. Yeah. In terms of the character, certainly not. Yeah. Like, uh, do I always know. need to say yes? No. <laughs> no. Uh, awesome. Cool. Okay. Good. Uh, let's uh, let's 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 hit some rapid fire questions. We're kind of uh, over over time, I think. But there are some questions okay, here. Cool, There's cool. like uh, like uh, probably ten of them that are like I think going to be pretty quick rapid fire to answer. So, um, okay, cool, so cool. let's go with. Uh, if you, do you want to do? Like, I'll take one. You take one. I take one. You take one. Or do you want to both try and answer these? Sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, question one. Uh, <laughs> I kind of want to take this one, but you can have it if you want. Uh, should I start my own improv company? <laughs> From Owen. Should I start my own improv company? The answer to this question is, if you are asking yourself this question, the answer is probably yes. But if you're at, if you're asking yourself this question because you're uh, unhappy, the answer is probably no. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I'd agree with both of those <laughs> responses. Yeah. If, you're doing, if you want to do it out of anger, no. If you want to do it because out of, no. out of passion, yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. The next question is: Have you fallen in love on stage? <laughs> From theater, theater. Have you? 
I I don't. I think, oh, yeah, maybe I have. Like, uh, uh, but I don't think it like in a romantic love. Like, I think just like a, a, an improviser crush love. Mm-hmm. Like, like just being on stage and just going, oh my god, this is so much fun. Like, I just can't wait, you know, uh, for for more of this. And I think that's happened multiple times, particularly when traveling and and and, and things. <laughs> oh, like totally, that. yeah. But uh, like you're away from yeah, home I, and I stuff, think- and you see someone on stage and you're like, I love this person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just. You're just like, oh man, like this is like you can't wait to play with them, or you are playing with them, and you you just get that energy from them. So I think I think the answer, short form answer, yes, is yes, yes. Uh, but not not as you'd expect it to I, be. I would say yes, <laughs> and yes, as you'd expect it to be for me as well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I married an improviser. Okay. Um, <laughs> when do you know you're ready to do a show versus just taking classes? Well. Uh, my uh, answer to this is, if you're asking this question, you should do a show. You're ready to do a show. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, next one. Can you do improv alone, yep. Jason? Can you do improv yes. alone? Yes. 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 Okay, good. Uh, before my first show class, show slash class, is there lingo I should know? Ooh. No, I don't think so. Uh, again, just be open to to uh, what's being said in the class, that sort of thing. A good teacher is going to bring uh, everyone on board at the same time. Some people may have some experience, some people may not. But a good teacher is going to cover off the basics and uh, and put that entire group on the same page. So uh, I don't think there is any anything you should really know. Yeah, I would say sh- uh, class, no. Show, Maybe, depending on the people you yeah. do the show, but probably not. Yeah. Do you yeah. always know each other, or do people do improv with strangers? <laughs> you don't. Uh, this is a a great uh, a great question because uh, I mean, oftentimes I'll uh, particularly here in Melbourne as the scene grows, there'll be people I kind of know, associates. You know, I've I've been in a room with them, I've had you know conversations with them for maybe a total of. 45 minutes in my entire life and they're friendly and they're nice and uh, and things like that and I've improvised I improvise with them probably longer than I've spoken with them off the stage um and uh, and the scenes always go well and they're they're always fun and enjoyable um and, and things like that so I mean in terms of that I think there's you know when we when I say strangers it's like you know people I don't talk to every every single day uh, but there have been times where I've literally uh, gotten on stage with people I've never met before um, in in traveling situations you know you rock up you're in an ensemble it's like hi uh, uh, but uh, you know a stranger is a friend you haven't met yeah yeah. So. <laughs> yeah I think I think the the short answer is no you don't always know each other sometimes they're strangers yeah like. Uh, or yeah. some, or do people do improv? Yeah, people do improv with strangers, but yes, by the end of the scene, you're not strangers. Yeah. Uh, I've seen improv where people rhyme or sing or tell jokes. Do I need to do these things before I try improv? Do I need a <laughs> Do I need a bag of tricks before you can do improv? Just no. uh, the amount of time I've seen people bring their bag of tricks into improv. Only to hold on very tightly to them for the first six months of their their improv journey, uh, only to to slowly let them go as they pry one finger away from that bag of tricks at a time. Um, it's going to do you a disservice to bring a bag of tricks in. You might have a good skill. You might be a naturally funny person. Those sort of things can work their way into your style, but you don't want to be relying on a, a bag of tricks as such. So please don't bring a bag of tricks. Just bring your natural self. Yeah. 
Uh, great. Nice. Yeah, I agree. You, yeah. you do not need a bag of tricks. But and actually, please no. don't bring it. <laughs> please don't bring it. Just check any bag of tricks at Just the remember, door. There should be a I, little bit. I have enough tricks for everybody. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about when you're on stage in the middle of a scene? I will refer you to our Improviser's Mind episode of this podcast, where I think that's all we yes. talk about. Uh, so yep. nothing, everything, lots of stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's the worst advice a teacher can give? Whoa. Uh, uh, worst advice a teacher can give? I love this question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's so much. Uh, look, I, it can't uh, just be uh, bad uh, advice, diplomat- Jason. It can't just be like, what's bad advice? It's got to be the worst no. advice. <laughs> Uh, here's the worst advice that uh, that I I think a teacher can give uh, is that my word is gospel. Like this, my way is the only way, and uh, and this is the way that you improvise. And if you're not doing it my way, it's the wrong way. Mm. Uh, I think I think that's the worst advice a, a teaching. There's plenty of other terrible. That is that advice, is a really but- good one. That's a really good one. Uh, I think. Uh, uh, funny enough, the worst advice a teacher can give that I can think of in my life was when a teacher told me I should drop out of school. But right. I did, and it ended up being the best advice ever, and I, I, I went back much better. So I think I don't know. It can go either way. Um, but I think the, the worst advice a teacher can give is, is basically uh, give up. Stop. Stop doing this. I yeah. think stop doing this is the worst advice you can give somebody. Because uh, if it's bringing them joy, they should keep doing it. It's not just stop doing this. You're never going to get anywhere. Of course, you're going to get somewhere doing this. Do it. See where it takes. You might not get to the same place they got to, but you'll get somewhere. Uh, Cool. And then uh, this last question is, uh, I guess, kind of tied in. This will be the last one. How long long does it take you to be good? And there's there's quotes around good. How long does it take you to be good at at improv? Uh, I'm going on 25 years. Are you good yet? Are you good yet? (laughs) Uh, I'm okay. Yeah, me too. I have my moments. I have my moments. Yeah, some moments. I'm still working on it. Uh, I don't think you're ever you're, you're ever done being good at improv. Uh, how long does it take you yeah. to be good? Uh, I think the real good. answer is um, is there there are as many ways to be good at improv as there are people in the world. So uh, yeah. it depends on every person. will find their own way and own time to be good at improv. Yeah, just persevere. I think find your niche and uh, and 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 work at it to where you feel comfortable. And once you feel comfortable, push yourself out of it again. Nice. So if you ever find yourself good, push yourself till you're bad again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Push yourself out of your comfort zone to you. You know, I, I've met improvisers who found that first good and just kind of stayed yeah, there. I love that. I, I <laughs> love know? that. I love that. Uh, great. Okay, so I have one last question for you, Jason. How yes, did it feel doing a Q and A episode? That's it. That's it. It was great. I really enjoyed it. Was, it. it was, it was yeah. really nice. A lot of fun. And there's still uh, about a hundred questions left. So I know that's great. So let's do another. Let's episode. do another one. Let's do another one. I'll put out another Why call. Not? Maybe we'll get a few more questions from people. Uh, but we definitely have enough cool, to do cool. at least another, at least one more episode. Uh, I think some of these yeah, questions we could do a do whole that. episode on. Like, what are the three <laughs> biggest, best lessons improv has taught you? That's an episode. We'll do a whole episode on that one. Yeah. Uh, what, what are the building blocks of improv? I actually do a six-week class on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, great. Okay. Well, thanks so much, man. This has been awesome. excellent. No worries. Thanks, Mike. We'll yeah. talk again next week. Talk to week. you soon for the next one. Uh, bye.